Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 253 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, something slightly different. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Barnes, Vice Chair of the British Beekeepers Association, for a chat about all things BBKA. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. So I'm delighted to say that I'm joined today by Stephen Barnes, the Vice Chair of the BBKA, the British Beekeepers Association. And Stephen and I chatted uh, several years ago, I think, wasn't it, Stephen, We when we first met? Yeah, um, yeah the, the spring convention before covid so some time ago, we'd kind of got this planned at that point, but then various things have kind of got in the way and we've never really got together to talk about it, have we? So you're very welcome. It's I don't really interview people on my podcast, so this is kind of new for me as well. So we'll see how we get on. But I guess the, the typical question to start off with is how did you get involved in beekeeping? Because everybody likes to know a little bit about the beekeeper that we're, we're talking to. My father kept bees for about 30 years. And when I was a teenager, he dragged me out with him. And I went to some conventions at uh, Newton Reed College in Cumbria. And I sort of really wasn't that keen on them because they were nasty, stingy things. I left home, went to work in New Guinea for about 11 years, got married. When I came back home, we didn't really hook up properly. I was busy all the time. When he passed away in 1997, all the equipment was there, the bees were there. I thought, I'll give it a go. It would be something that would keep me in touch with him yeah. and his pastimes. I don't like killing things because he was a hunting and shooting man. So I like guns, but I don't like killing people. <laughs> no. and, yeah. and when you took on the bees, were they still stingy bees? Yes, they were vicious, oh, nasty. Right. My father believed that angry bees made more honey. That's kind of quite a common, I think, misconception. Yes. Uh, it, it's yeah. it's something that I hear a lot of the time, but I, I don't think that my bees are any less productive for being calm. Is, is that what you've found? Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's an absolute miss. Probably the reason that they appear to make more honey is that they get left alone a lot more. But, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. People aren't interfering with them. The first year I persevered, the end of the first year, I'm beginning to think, I can't see what he found in this, any pleasure in this. Into <laughs> the second year, and I was about to give up. Right. Um, but I joined an association at that point, and I was talking to a, a more experienced beekeeper, and he said, well, before you give up, come and see my bees. The difference was just incredible. Yeah. Um, and I've been besotted with them ever since. And just before we get on to talking about associations and the BBKA, how have your bees fared over winter? Have they come through okay? Things look yes, uh, yes, better than expected. I've lost two colonies, but I expected to lose them because I don't think they were queen right going into winter. Right, yeah. So uh, you were, in your early days, involved with a local association. Being involved with a local association, you've obviously had that experience. But for anybody who's starting beekeeping, why 
would they want or need to join a, a beekeeping association? What What's your take on that particular um, question? Well, I, I think that um, it saved me. It kept me as a beekeeper. If I'd been on my own, I would have I would have got rid of them because I just couldn't cope with them. But I often say to people that tell me that they'd like to keep bees, I said, join an association, go along and see what it's all about. Yeah, Get your head in a hive before you invest hundreds of pounds of your well-earned cash because you may find you don't like it. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And the benefits I got from it was talking to like-minded people. I mean, their eyes don't glaze over after a couple of hours. They're still interested in what you've got to say. Yeah. Um, and you got to see different styles of beekeeping. People kept bees in different ways. And you had that added benefit of comfort and solace when it all goes pear-shaped. And isn't it interesting, we're all involved in beekeeping, but there are so many different ways of being involved in that hobby and keeping bees. that There, yes. there has to be a particular way of keeping bees that pretty much suits everyone out there. So if you've picked up on the wrong kind of way to start with, there might be somebody else doing it slightly differently that works for you. Yeah. Well, there's, there's that old adage that if you get five beekeepers, you get six opinions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I found that to be true. And I also say to beginners, find somebody that you like, get on with and trust, uh, and then keep bees the way they keep them, as long as the bees are thriving. Yeah. Um, because if you start listening to different people, you'll get awfully confused. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if if I were a beginner beekeeper just starting out, and I've listened to what you've had to tell me, and I'm going to head down to my local beekeeping association. What am I going to find there? What what can I expect from my local beekeeping association? Most of them, and the associations are only as good as their members, obviously, yeah. but the vast majority of them will offer training and support and mentoring to various degrees. Um, and I think that's one of the main things that you should expect from your association. I've always found that beekeepers are willing to talk about bees and share their experiences. Yeah. Um, so you get that. There's the social interaction as well, accessing different colonies and seeing how bees are kept in different ways. We, Keswick, we do uh, visits to different apiaries during the summer. Okay, yeah. And and Cumbria is, is talking about doing bee safaris. So the different branches, there are five branches in Cumbria, they would go and visit bees being kept by other branches is that what you mean by a bee safari yeah i i know that um uh, in my time as a seasonal bee inspector i helped out with some bee safaris and i know that the um national bee unit occasionally have inspectors go out on the bee safaris as well so that works out quite quite nicely both ways really it's, it's just that you know there are so many different ways of doing it and everybody's got a way that suits them. And it's good to see different ways. And yeah, definitely. And you may, may change your mind, you know. The great debate of a single double brood and a half. Uh, yeah, that, those debates will rage on forever, I suspect, won't they? Um, With the BBKA, I have to be honest, I don't know a huge amount about the BBKA, but to me it's always seemed like a pretty big organisation, uh, obviously helping an awful lot of beekeepers and sometimes it's maybe a little bit difficult to understand how it functions can you describe how the bbka is set up and who's kind of leading the way within the organization 
that that's a very good question. There's a lot of different views out there about how it works. The, the, the key thing to, to sort of bear in mind is that it is an association of associations. So there are 74 members with voting rights, and those are the 74 associations. They represent around about 30,000 beekeepers Wow! between them. We have, I think, a thousand direct members, but they don't really get any representation. They get all the benefits, but they don't they don't have a say in how it's run. And the the BBKA is a charity, charitable it's a, organization. Yeah, it's a CIO, a charitable incorporated organization. And so we have trustees at the at the top, of sort of board level, as it were. Is that yes? Uh, I mean, when I joined as a trustee, I'm in my seventh year now, but when I joined, it was unincorporated charity. And that presented all sorts of problems to the sitting trustees because they were responsible individually and collectively for the staff and the office building and all the equipment and everything. And if something had gone wrong and there was a negligence case brought, then it would be the individual trustees that were sued. Oh, right. Yeah. So I pioneered, and I, I will say that I pioneered getting it through as a CIO. So now that's a legal entity. So it can employ staff, it can own property, it can enter into contracts with people as in its own legal entity. And I would strongly advise the larger associations, if you're not already an incorporated organization, then you should be. And is there information on that that associations can tap into or is someone they can talk to about doing that? Yeah, they, they can talk to me if they're thinking about it. Okay. Um, there's, there's a lot of information on the Charity Commission website about setting them up. It's, it's relatively straightforward. The complexity was for the size of the BBKA and the fact that it already employed people and right. owned property and, and was in contracts. So that makes it a little bit more complicated, but really and, it's straightforward. Uh, and so you, you mentioned that it's an association of associations. So mm-hmm. we've got lots of separate so I'm, I'm part of the norwich and district beekeepers association and we're affiliated to the suffolk beekeeper yes. and, yes, and so the suffolk are the the overarching um, yes. association for us yeah the the structure of the associations varies some are uh, single entities uh, and others like cumbria has got five branches yorkshire has got 10 or 11 lincolnshire has got 11 I don't know how many Suffolk have got, I'm sorry to say, without looking it up. But, uh, yeah, so as an individual beekeeper, you are a member of Norwich, did you say? Yeah, the Norwich and District Beekeepers. Norwich, yes. Yeah. So an individual beekeeper will be a member of Norwich and District. I'm yeah. a member of Keswick. Norwich is a member of Suffolk. Keswick is a member of Cumbria. And Cumbria and Suffolk are the members of the BBKA. Okay, yeah, so that kind of umbrella relationship kind of the way the different tiers work their way up to the bbka is um yeah it's fairly yeah and i I hear a lot of people say well the bbka is not doing this and the bbka is not doing that well if you really want the bbka to do something you've got to convince your branch that it's a good idea and the branch needs to convince the county and then the county can bring a proposition for the bbka to do it and is is that the ADM thing? Yeah. I'm I'm really not familiar with ADM. Can you just explain a little bit about that for me? Well, yeah, the, the ADM annual delegates meeting is the equivalent of a, a limited company's annual general meeting. 
and it, okay. it's where we report back on what we've done over the past year. We submit the accounts for approval and budget for approval, and then the members or associations have the right to bring proposition. Um, okay, yeah. So we had some propositions about importing bees and honey labeling and, and so okay. on and so forth. And yeah. that sets the direction of the BBKA for the coming year, if you like. So I guess if you're unhappy with the way things are, you should get involved and make some proposals and change it to the way that you want it to happen rather than just sitting back and complaining about it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we, we were one trustee short at, at this annual delegates meeting. We, we had five vacancies and only four people stood, which is never right. good for democracy. Okay. Um, would you say that in order to be a trustee, you ought to get involved with the ADM initially to try and get a feel for how that works? Yeah, well, well my route was I was an officer in Keswick and then I, I became a executive committee member for Cumbria. Um, and various roles. And then I, nobody wanted to go to the ADM from Cumbria, so I volunteered. Right. And I, I found that, um, you know, it was good to meet again beekeepers from around the country and, and chew the fat. And, uh, I think I threw a few brickbats. Right. As, as a, as a delegate and stirred the pot occasionally. And I got to the point where I thought, well, I should be catching these brickbats. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to throw them, I should be prepared to catch them. Sure. So I stood and was fortunate to get elected. I, I do find actually being involved with our local association, I'm, I'm a co-opted member on our committee, but it does seem very difficult, even at a, a small association level, just trying to get people involved, willing to step forward and and help run what is in effect just a small group of people trying to set up a training apiary helping each other with a bit of education and hands-on experience, that kind of thing. It, it just does seem sometimes quite difficult trying to get people involved. Yeah, I think that's a societal thing, isn't it? You've seen that in all sorts of voluntary organisations are struggling to get volunteers. There's a feeling sometimes that the BBKA trustees on a hiding to nothing. Right. And that's not what I've found. Right at this minute, we've got a good board of trustees they're working well together yeah and, so but we we need fresh blood to come in uh, that was exactly what i was going to say so really you're looking for some fresh blood to get involved and bring in some new ideas and um, help with the direction yes yeah i, I mean the, the i'm i'm in my final three-year term so when that finishes i'll have to step away and i, I probably won't want to come back at because I'll be getting on for 73, 74. But really, after nine years, I think it, it's time for somebody else to take on the mantle. Okay, yeah, yeah. And in terms of uh, that that journey, you, you've obviously been there. Where do you see currently the BBKA heading? Is there anything specific currently on the agenda? Yeah, I think the, the big innovation is this online learning platform that we're developing went live towards the end of March. It's going to have both uh, member sections and public sections and be looking from the public sections at how they can help bees and, and pollinators, education on Asian hornet and other uh, things that yeah. might have an impact on beekeepers, and sort of uh, ways in which you can manage the landscape to help pollinators in general. And then we've got a number of programs. One that's live at the moment is hygiene and disease, I think. 
but we're also open to ideas as to what we should be putting on there. Yeah. The correspondence courses will all be on there eventually, probably for the exam structure. One thing I, I would say, if this is going out, the associations need to make sure that they've ticked the right boxes on ER2 to make sure that the membership has access to the online training learning platform. Right, right. Is, is that some kind of admin thing that... Yeah, yeah. Whoever's managing... Would, would know yeah. that. Whoever's managing ER2 on, for the capitation needs to make sure that the correct boxes to... Okay. I'm sure that those people that are out there listening who know what the R2 is will will understand what you're talking about. It's gone straight yeah. over straight over my head, but yeah. Yeah, well, it, it does that for most people. It's it's yeah. the membership platform right. where in, instead of huge spreadsheets like we used to have, now it's an electronic right. system. Yeah, and each sure. branch manages its own uh, membership. Right. So as a as a member of the BBKA. I can access that online learning yes. by going to the BBKA website. Yes, yeah. You can all access all sorts of things on there, including back issues of BBKA news. Okay. Now, I'm yeah. really enthusiastic about it because I think it's a great innovation and it's going to give beekeepers who don't want to go down the exam route, which is an important uh, benefit of the BBKA, is, is the route to master beekeeper. Sure. But there are a lot of beekeepers that just want to keep bees better yes yes uh, and, and this will provide them with bite-sized chunks of, of learning to improve their beekeeping cool before we close a couple more questions first one is is there anything else that you wanted to just talk about before we finish for the session first one is the spring convention which is coming up on the 21st of april Yep. Harper Adams, if you haven't booked already, you can still still get a ticket and buy uh, tickets on the day for the lectures and the trade show. The second thing is we were talking about the annual delegates meeting to try and help people understand how the annual delegates meeting works. We're going to be running some online forums, Zoom-type okay. forums yep. in June, July, where we can talk about how to formulate propositions and, and maybe get a few associations together that might have been thinking of, of the same thing to put just to put one proposition forward yeah and just generally discuss how it works and the, the last thing is that next year is our 150th year wow. so we're interested in anybody's suggestions as to what we might do to commemorate such a, a great milestone oh absolutely absolutely and i'm sure you'll get lots of very good ideas but yeah 150 years that's incredible isn't it we are looking for photographs of queens on frames of bees. We're setting up an online quiz, Spot the Queen. Because <laughs> that's the thing that I find hardest about beekeeping is finding the queen. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes you can look at a frame and go, oh, there she is, without any yeah. problem at all. And then yeah. they take they your seem- eye off her and she's gone. Oh, they seem to have a cloaking device, don't they? They just go invisible yep. all of a sudden, and and yep. then you could spend all day looking and and never find them. Okay, well, I'm sure that we can get some photographs of queens on frames for you. Is there any kind of time frame that you want for that? Is um, it oh, oh, over the next six to eight weeks, if, they, if they can, there is a an email address which I've. I've consent to you, so that you can put it. Yeah, into- I'll, uh, what I'll do is I'll put the website address to the BBKA on the podcast notes and also if you've got that uh, email address i'll add that to the podcast notes as well yeah um, so as i said one final question thanks for joining me i really appreciate you 
coming on to the podcast, Stephen. I hope it hasn't been too traumatic for you. No, it's um, been a pleasure. And hopefully we can maybe get some other people on and I'll try and hone my interview skills with some others as well. Yeah. But beekeepers like talking about bees, but they also like cake. So what is your favourite beekeeping cake? First of all, thank you very much for the opportunity to sit down and chat with you. I've, I've enjoyed it. You've saved the most difficult question to last. Indeed. Um, it's I like cake, full stop. And, and one of the great things about the, the sort of bee safaris and going around visiting other people's apiaries is is the quality of cake that's produced exactly. at the end of exactly. the day. If I was forced to choose, I'd probably go for either orange or lemon drizzle. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The lemon drizzle cake. Uh, as a tray bake or a loaf? Oh, a loaf. A loaf. Uh, yeah. Well, you have to make sure you get these things right. It's an important question. Possibly the most important question of the day. I, I am lured by the, the colour of the icing sometimes, and that generally proves to be a mistake. <laughs> we could have a, an entire podcast discussing <laughs> discussing our cake preferences. <laughs> yeah, indeed we could. Yeah, no, that, That's brilliant. Um, Stephen, thanks again for joining me. Um, just remind me of the BBKA website address. What's what's your website address? It's bbka.org.uk. bbka.org.uk. Yes. Excellent. Okay. I'll um I'll pop that into the notes for anybody that's either looking for more information about the BBKA or for those that want to get involved with working with the BBKA. Hopefully we'll get to see each other at some function in the not too distant future yeah i look forward to that thanks for joining me it's been a pleasure well that's me done for another week i hope you enjoyed that i will try to hone my interview skills i promise i'll catch up with you all again next week uh, don't forget to check out my website www.norfolk-honey.co.uk and for my latest videos podcasts with more updates tips and techniques it's the same patreon page www.patreon.com dot com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Mm-hmm.